Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Good afternoon on a beautiful Thursday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined as always by producers G. Hey Wiley and Armani Buckets. How are we doing on this glorious Thursday? It's awesome. I'm wearing my Duke hoodie, representing oh, right go. here. So yeah, um, it's nice, nice to batch out a win. So I'm, I'm actually really, really happy. I know on this kind of somber day, but I, I'm very, very ecstatic. There you go. And yeah, we got NBA coming back. It seems like, you know, that all-star break, we talk about it. It seems like that goes on for weeks. It, I can't believe it was only like one week without NBA basketball, yeah. but it, exciting to have it back. Yeah, were you going through withdrawals? I feel I, like I really I was. I don't know what to do at night when, I mean, college basketball is great. I just, you know, March Madness is when I really get invested. So yes, definitely withdrawals. No, I mean, listen, it, it, it's tough because we depend on these games to talk about them. And then when we don't, I think that's one of the reasons that this like LeBron story has taken off and has been really talked about for as long as we've been talking about it. Because there are no games, at least when, there, when there's games, LeBron can at least not only talk about the game, but talk about here's what we're perceiving you're saying to me, and here's what we think, you know, when you credit Sam Presti, when you credit Kobe Altman, when you talk about this, that, and the other, this is what we think you mean, and we kind of have to do that because there are no games, there's no player availability. But now, Friday, we do get the Lakers and the Clippers, and to whatever extent you're supposed to be excited about that matchup, because I got to be honest with you, I'm not that pumped up, and I'm excited about a game, I'm excited that there's basketball back, but this is uh, a really frustrating season, because I, I thought at least the Lakers, like even if they weren't good, there would be drama there, and when I say not good, I never fathomed that they would not make the playoffs. I never, like, that was, like, if they're not the best team in the West, I mean, they're certainly top four, top five. I mean, they're not in this play-in tournament. And right now, as we sit here today, they're just barely in the play-in tournament. So to whatever extent you can be ex- excited about that. So, Buckets, are you excited? I mean, Friday night, we got the Lakers, we got the Clippers, first game back from the All-Star break. You know, you hate to say must win, but I mean, at some point, this is kind of a must win for these teams. If, if they if they want to, uh, you know, be in the postseason, uh, you have to put some games together. You got to get some wins. Together. At least there is a light at the end of the tunnel for the Clippers. They have not had Kawhi all season long. So, I mean, the prospect of getting Kawhi back is huge. Paul George has not really played, you know, he played at the beginning of the season, was playing really well. The prospect that you get those two guys back, that changes the dynamic. And by the way, still can get them at 100 to 1, which is crazy to me. That really speaks to the Clippers, though. I mean, like, yeah, like, the Lakers still have better odds, but that has nothing to do with what's happening on the court. It's all books in Vegas. And I just talked to a bookmaker today. Books in Vegas are still taking money on the Lakers to win the, the championship. Wow. I blank you not. They still are. And like, that is, that is, that's how they build those beautiful casinos out there. Like, knuckleheads. Like, <laughs> just absolute. Like, I mean, if you're going to burn money, give it to a charity or something. I mean, that is crazy. But, anyways, are you excited about this game Friday night? No, I am not <laughs> excited. Um, and you guys remember, you know, I was 
very optimistic about the Lakers turning things around for a long time, but you know, it's it's over. It's it's over and the fact is that they're talking about the offseason already, yeah. which makes me think that they realize that it's over. The fact that they couldn't make any moves at the trade deadline. There's a lot of fun NBA basketball that's going to be played in the next few days as the season gets ramped back up. The Lakers games probably will not be part of the fun. Now, I mean, the Clippers, again, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, they definitely have something to incentivize them playing well for. But from the Lakers standpoint, I mean, we're talking about whether they can stay in the play-in tournament. I mean, how bleak can it get? With that being said, if we do want to look at the play-in tournament, which is kind of ridiculous, the Trailblazers are behind them, and it seems like they're trying to tank now because their starting center, Yusuf Nurkic, is going to be probably out for the season. So it sounds like the Lakers as ridiculous as this sounds, should be safe to at least stay in the playing tournament. Which is, but by the way, I mean, they're, they're at, the, at the worst going to be the uh, 10 seed. So they will be in that playing tournament only because, as you mentioned before, Portland at 25 and 34 are trying to tank. The Spurs are behind them at the number 11 seed right now, which would obviously not be in the playing tournament, but they're 23 and 36. I mean, so as bad as the Lakers are, they're not like, 11th seed in the West bad. They are 10th seed in the West bad, which is still bad. I mean, and they're very fortunate that this playing tournament exists. Exactly. If it didn't, if we never added that, exactly. this would be talked about already. And it might end up being, but it would be talked about as one of the biggest disappointments in Laker history. I think it is, though. I think yeah. it is. And I touched on this at the beginning of this season. Um, and there was a lot of pushback from fans at the time. And, and the reason that I said that at the time is we were watching a fully healthy Lakers team playing against a really bad schedule. Their schedule at the beginning of the season was so bad that I said, listen, I mean, they're probably going to start off the season, you know, 21 and four or something like that. I mean, I really thought that they were going to be a good team this year. You know, but when they, uh, you know, blew that game to the Thunder and, and again, they were 500 against a really bad schedule. Now, with Anthony Davis being out, do you think that, do you guys think that we see more of that LeBron at center? Obviously, we're going to see more, but do you think that's yeah. going to be the primary thing or do you think Dwight Howard gets back involved? Because you know, Davis might not be back for the rest of the season. I mean, if they're going through the motions, like you said, and they're just playing to just play out the season, I mean, why not, why not rotate it out and put Dwight in there? Why not? But I don't think so. The Lakers are there yet. I think we watching them from afar, we feel that way because we've seen enough games at this point. You know, you play 60 games and we, we, we know who you are at this point. Um, the Lakers aren't thinking that way, and you really can't. I mean, if you're a competitor like LeBron and these guys, you're not thinking that way. I mean, the way that they're thinking probably, I, I would assume, is if we just get in the play-in tournament, it's 0-0, clean slate, no wins, no losses, let's go from here. Obviously, that doesn't work that way. It's not like they're going to flip a switch, and we keep saying that with this team. It's not that. It's not like the Clippers. Here's why it's totally different. They have not had Kawhi this entire season. When we saw them a year ago with Kawhi, I felt they were the best team in the league. Now, they had to get past that Mavericks uh, series, but the way Kawhi was playing in the postseason, the way he was playing off of Paul George, the way those guys were playing together, I thought they could win the whole thing. When you lose Kawhi, it is amazing that they got past Utah and then they pushed the Suns to six, which really confirms my belief if they were healthy, they would have won the whole thing. So you talk about the prospect of getting a fully rested and healthy, perhaps, Kawhi back. And a Paul George, again, 
the, the hope with those two guys has always been load management. Make sure by, by the time you get to the postseason, those guys are fully rested, healthy, ready to go. Obviously, this is not load management. This is them just coming back from being hurt. But if those guys can come back, that changes the ball game. And not only that, this current Clippers group, and I can't explain it, and Ty Lue is one of the best coaches in the league, and he's, I think, finally getting some due for that. They play together. I mean, the amount of times that this team has come back from 25 points down or whatnot is incredible. So those role players, they get their roles. And if they get two of the top, and again, if they're healthy, two of the top players in the league back, they are a contending team. Let's say that Kawhi doesn't come back. Let's say it's just Just Paul Paul, George. And let's say the Clippers end up in six and they play the Grizzlies. Would you guys be comfortable picking the Clippers over a team like Memphis with just one of the two? It's a little tough right now just because of the way the Grizzlies are playing and the way that John Moran's playing, really coming into his own as, I mean, I don't think you can dispute one of the top 10 players in the league, maybe even the top five at some point. Um, I would not feel comfortable at this point in time. Um, Listen, with Paul George and Kawhi, I think that they have a chance to make a heck of a run. With Paul George, I think that's a good series, but... Um, I do have to finally give some to some due to the Memphis Grizzlies for, for, for really being a legit contending team here. I mean, I think that Ja has something to prove. I mean, if you look at all his commercials, you look at his Instagram posts, you look at, you know, he has a chip Jen on his shoulder. a drink on on the flight, though, too. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like mean, that. No, no I mean, good, good for you. Like, yeah. g- get after it. Let's He's find. a grown man. I mean, yeah. it was amazing to push back. Cause like, um, he had a shot on a flight to his very first All-Star game. Like, can you let the man live? Can you let the man live? Oh, forget that. If it's All-Star, who cares? <laughs> exactly. What is the you're, you're on a break. And even yeah. the people that aren't in there um, celebrating All-Star Weekend, they're on a break, as as Ross and Rachel would say. They're <laughs> not like, let, let them be. Let them be. But um, to answer your question, Armani, um, yeah, I mean, I think that Ja is playing with something to prove all season long. Yeah. I mean, everybody's always doubting him, right? He's in a smaller market. Like, you know, how can you win with, with this team? Dot, dot, dot. But... If we really have to like bare bones it down, I, I still would I'd still would take my clippers because I feel like they're not there yet. They're 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 playing extreme they're playing out of their minds. I'm not yeah. taking that away from them, but there's a difference between the regular season and the postseason. Yeah. And they're just I just don't think that they're there yet for the postseason. But they can always prove me wrong. Yeah. I mean the Clippers proved me wrong last year when they made it to the Western Conference Finals. So by the way, GA did pay up her bet. I got a nice bottle of wine for that. Yeah. So it was, uh, yeah. And by the way, I, I, I just feel bad for the Clippers in that sense that that was a really a team that I felt could have gone all the way to the finals. Um, and I still think that they can. Again, whatever the Clippers do this year is gravy because I think at the very least next season they know what's who's going to come back. They know Kawhi is going to be back. They know Paul George is going to be back. And I think this is the year where they've kind of figured out who are the other ro- role players that they can fit around the, those, those two guys. So they're in a good situation. The Lakers, on the other hand, you kind of know who's going to come back, but you don't want that group to come back because we've seen how that plays out. So technically, you could run it back, LeBron and AD and Russell Westbrook, and it's like, no, 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 I've I've seen this movie before. It's a terrible movie. Um, But there's confidence there, I think, with the Clippers. I think that there's confidence. Now, again, the Clippers, I don't want to say secretive because I I think there is some big question mark into who's going to come back and when they can come back. But I think the most kind of interesting thing that I'm very curious about coming into the second, not even the second half of the season, but post break, the Phoenix Suns. 
And I forgot that they were so far ahead at the number one seed. Six and a half games back, six and a half games up on the one seed. The Warriors are the number two seed. I think that there's a real possibility that the Suns could drop, but six and a half back. I mean, sorry, six and a half games up. I, I my my view is they're going to be the number one seed, but that'll be interesting if the Clippers um, get into the playoffs and they're that last seed. What if it's Chris Paul? Versus, and again, we saw this a year ago. But what if the, we have a rematch of the conference finals in the first round? It's Suns and Clippers, but Chris Paul is still out. And then what if Paul George? And again, the big thing: what if Kawhi comes back? Again, that's the big thing. And I know he's been out for this entire season. But if, if they get Kawhi and Paul George back, and they knock out Paul, uh, if they knock out Chris Paul and the Suns in the first round, watch out! Wow. And not only that, I mean, the the ramifications that that could lead for the Suns for their future. Oh, they yeah. have DeAndre Ayton's max contract extension. They have a lot to prove in this postseason, whereas the Clippers could be playing with house money. And oh, yeah. that's just like the pressure that that takes off of you. And let's not forget... Even without Kawhi Leonard, this team was two wins away from going to the NBA Finals exactly. with Paul George leading the charge. And I was with Jihei in San Diego for that game one, which, which I mean, they gave that game away. I mean, they should have won that game one. So, I mean, if they win that game, you force a game seven, like anything can happen in a game seven. So that's why I, I really think that if they were healthy last year, they could have won the whole thing. And if they get Kawhi back, a fully rested and healthy. And again, he will not play unless he's healthy. So that's the big question mark. There's no one pushing Kawhi to come back right now. But you bring up a great point. You talk about a fully relaxed. I mean, there is no pressure. I mean, no one's thinking the Clippers are going to do a thing this season right now. Again, you're playing without Kawhi. You're playing without Paul George. They've played themselves in a They've played themselves uh, uh, um, into a position where they're probably going to make it into the playoffs. And if they do with, again, two of the top 10 players in the league, and again, if the Suns, if the Suns don't have Chris Paul, so they would technically be a one seed, but like they would just barely be a one seed, no Chris Paul. What a story. What an amazing, and again, no pressure at all. There's no pressure when you're the eighth seed. There's no pressure if you haven't been playing with your two stars this entire year. Their, their focus is on next season, but these guys playing right now for the Clippers, they're talking about the here and now. I mean, they're playing for for, for, for themselves, and no one's talking. I mean, there's no pressure on them. No one in Los Angeles is talking about the Clippers right now. But they're a legit contending team. Um, so we'll see how that ends up. We'll, we'll, we'll be talking a little bit more about those two teams in uh, the next segment with Nick Hamilton. But the big story, again, still is LeBron James. What does his future hold with this team? What does he mean by a lot of the comments he's making? Um, this is why this time of the year is always tough because if someone's um, trying to force a trade or trying to force a move, there's no games be being played. So right now, this is the drama. There's, there's no football. There's no games right now in basketball. The games start up Friday. So uh, there's no doubt Friday night, the big questions to, to LeBron will likely be about his happiness. Are you happy with Rob Polinka? What does your future hold with the Lakers? Do you want to move? Do you want to play with your son? What, 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 you know, all these questions will be talked about, um, which is why I miss the access that teams used to give reporters, and I don't think we're going to get that back. Um, but let's just say, let's just say, you know, and LeBron's going to uh, do uh, his best job of, 
you know, saying, no, 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 I'm, I'm happy to be in Los Angeles and things like that. If he's not happy with the Lakers, what is the likelihood that the Lakers would trade LeBron James? I mean, I, I think that all comes down to what they can get in return. Because um, I'm not, tr- I mean, listen, I know he's going into his 20th season. He's going to be 38 years old, but I'm not going to give LeBron James up for nothing. I'm not going to give him up for like a draft pick or like a role player. I mean, he's still LeBron James at the, the end of the day. And the significance of that for the Lakers is huge. Again, so many teams lost a ton of money, including the Lakers, with no fans and that, uh, you know, the uh, se- the season that was uh, played in Florida. Um my guess is he plays here n- next year. Yeah, awesome. I, I I think that he plays out his contract. Yeah, and then he's got then one more he, year. Yeah, then he figures it out after that. I mean, there's and there's no reason for him not to, right? Like, yeah. there's no reason for him not to play next season when this. No offense to the Laker fans, but this season's a wash. Yeah, right? so it it doesn't really make any sense for him to be like, let me let me get traded and leave after this year, you know, kind of thing. So. I say he stays. I think like, so too. there's no there's no benefit for both parties if he if he bounces and what again what are they going to get for him? That's the, that that's the thing. Now someone could totally shock me out there and give this like huge package again. This would obviously have to be a, a trade that LeBron would approve. He's not going to get traded to like you know some team that's not a contending team, but. Even though uh, LeBron is not a Laker for life, I feel like Jeannie Buss specifically has made it clear, setting the precedent back to when Kobe got that final contract, that she wants to take care of those superstar players and she wants them to, as long as possible, stay in purple and gold. So I think the objective is to keep LeBron as long as possible, including when his son comes back into the league. But with that being said, with with how the situation has unfolded with the Lakers, you have to see what his value would be. I don't think that they would want reports getting out that they would potentially shop him. Yeah. But the thing is, how are you going to fix this mess? You're you're in a mess right now that is probably not going to be fixed for the next. If we're being generous, honestly, the situation they put themselves in, how are you going to get out of this mess in the next three years? And they really can't because of all the first-round picks that they traded. And I get that. Like, I get a team that wants to win in the here and now says, to quote the amazing Les Snead, forget those picks. I mean, but the <laughs> other the other F word, <laughs> you know, so um, – they can't. So, like, I mean, this is the worst situation that they can be in because at least before during those six years where they didn't make the playoffs, they not only had really high draft picks, they drafted really well. Them drafting really well helped them kind of, uh, you know, turn this team around because it wasn't because of D'Angelo and Julius Randle and those guys, but they packaged those guys and were able to get LeBron and D'Anthony Davis. The Davis trade... I will do forever in a day because I think if you can get one of the top five players in the league in the prime of his career, you always do that. And at the at the end of the day, they did win a championship. If they, 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 you know, in hindsight, if they did not win that championship, would that go down? I know that's a hypothetical, but would it go down as the worst trade? No. Wait, 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 wait. wait if they I hadn't guess, won, well, would they be in the playoffs? Well, you still have though? to, you sure. have to, because you, you you can't just not like they won a championship. Correct. So, like, if you're saying if they didn't make the playoffs, let's say they made the finals. I think how you grade a trade is how did the two teams do? And when I look at the Pelicans, they are still a blank show. Like yes. it's not like they've, they've, they've become like this hot team in this league. And you know, so, but I can't just forget about that. Cause you know, p- people can say what they want about that championship. 
The Lakers were the number one seed in the West when things got shut down. And they finished the season as the one seed. And what do you get if you're the one seed? You get home court advantage. So instead of having home court advantage and playing all those games at home, they had to go to a bubble in Orlando, Florida and stay there for 100 days. And if you talked to, to the guys who were there, they said that was the best basketball because the focus was all on the game. Like, you, I mean, your entire focus was just on playing the game. So I really push back on people who want to knock that championship and say that it wasn't deserved. I promise you the Lakers would have much rather played home they would have much rather had home court. And, it, 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 and if that meant they go on the road, that that's fine. But um, they played a full season. You know, they played 10 games less, but we've had a 50-game lockout season. We've had a 60-game lockout season. So, you know, that trade, in my view, was worth it because they won. If they didn't win, then that's another conversation. But, um, all right, we're going to leave it there for now. When we come back, we will be joined by our good friend, Nick Hamilton. Nick's been... Covering a little bit of everything. He was covering the Rams on the way to the Super Bowl. Now he'll be shifting his focus to the Lakers and the Clippers. So we'll talk about that matchup coming up right here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and the Fan in Las Vegas. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. And now a word from our newest sponsor, NordVPN. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe. That's B-L-E-A-V to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Do it now. And now... Let's go back to the show. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. And 98.5, the fan in Las Vegas. We are now joined by our good friend, as we are each and every Thursday, Nick Hamilton. Nick, how are you? Well, good, man. How you doing? I'm good. We have recovered from uh, the Super Bowl, the NBA All-Star Game. We're in this like weird period where there's no games right now, but we have a big one coming up Friday. Um, we got the Lakers. We got the Clippers at uh, Crypto.com Arena. Both of these teams are in this play-in tournament situation right now. Um, just your view on these two teams. Again, no one expected a ton of the Clippers. Uh, they, they don't have Kawhi. They don't have Paul George right now. But they're actually playing with some heart and determination. <laughs> and they're playing like as a team. The Lakers, meanwhile, I, I don't need to tell you, Nick, uh, not so much. Uh, so your, your view on not only the game, but these two teams right now. I don't know. Ross was quite the comedian when he said it was a big game. You give me more credit than he deserves, but okay, I'll roll with that. Uh, it's good show. It's good roll with that. But no, I mean, the thing about with the Clippers is the Clippers play with a lot of heart, um, despite not having, as you mentioned, Kawhi, PG, and even Norman Powell uh, for the foreseeable future. So for them to actually be able to play as a collective, which they've pretty much been forced to, there's no like standout name. Uh, I think the Clippers have done fairly well given the circumstances. I mean, Ty Lue has instilled a system, the guys have believed in it, and it's been paying off, at least, you know, uh, in their perspective as far as, you know, they've gotten some wins, they've, they've lost some games as well, but they're still in a thick of things when it comes to the play-in tournament for the playoffs. So they can hang out and be able to, uh, 
I would say just to see to try to get some, some wins under their belt to kind of fortify their position and get in the stay in the playoff tournament. Yeah. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they can make it to at least the first round. I don't peg them to go get out of the first round, um, just because without their their main guys to, to be there, it's gonna be extremely difficult, especially if you have, if you have to go up against a, a Phoenix Suns team even without Chris Paul or even the Golden State Warriors team that seems to be fully loaded. Um, that's going to be a very, very tall task to do. Um, I do think that I give them a couple of wins in, in, in a first-round playoff series because I think they can muster up a couple of wins. It's hard to beat the team four straight times. I don't care how good you are in the NBA. Um, as far as the Lakers are concerned, in the words of NWA, the saga continues. It's good <laughs> and gracious. Um, with, with the Lakers, there's all kinds of stories coming out. Rich Paul has been refuting certain stories. Rob Palenka looked like he stood up, stuck his chest out and said, no, we're not doing this particular move that you all seem to want. Um, and LeBron pretty much put the, the Lakers on notice. And during the All-Star break, hey, Cleveland looking real nice about now. I mean, I'm with this girl I'm with now, but this girl over here next to me, she's looking better than what you guys are looking at right now. So I might have to fly with her on the low. We'll see. But I think you know it's going to be it's going to be a very interesting offseason for the Los Angeles Lakers. I do think they'll make the playoffs if they make the play-in tournament. If they stay in the play-in tournament, rather. Um, but I don't think they make out the first round either. I just think they don't have enough. It's not enough chemistry. Uh, AD is not there. Uh, there's a lot of turmoil internally uh, with this organization, and it, it's going to it's going to spew out onto the basketball court. Unfortunately, I think LeBron still gets his. I think LeBron is still a great player that he is. But it's got to be a collective effort. I don't see that with this Lakers team. Um, I think it's, it's, it's a lot going on behind the scenes. It's going to affect this team mentally moving forward. And it's going to be, a, like I said, it's going to be a very interesting offseason for Rob Palenka, for Rich Paul, for LeBron James, um, and even for Russell Westbrook, for that matter. Um, what happens moving forward? Because the Lakers are pretty much stuck with Westbrook. Um, if they continue, you know, he's going to opt into his deal, which makes perfect sense yeah. for him. Um, why would you turn down money? That's hustling backwards. But for the Lakers long term, I think this this team is going to the, the drop that we saw after the departure of Kobe Bryant is something that's going to be a little bit worse when we see the departure of LeBron James because this is what happens when you allow your superstar to try to dictate your franchise. And the moment that you buck back, if the reports are true, the moment you buck back, as if Rob Pelinka took the stance, hey, we're not trading for John Wall and giving up our 2027 first-round pick, now you can run at the profit. If you'd have nipped it in the bud in the beginning, much like how Pat Riley did in Miami with the Heat, then you wouldn't have this issue. And LeBron would have knew exactly where he stood. LeBron would, you know, his Rich Paul would have knew where would know where he was he was staying with this, and then you continue to move forward. They didn't like it, kick rock. Yeah. Uh, the LeBron situation is very fascinating because I think that there's a lot of people out there who thinks that he's trying to work his way. Well, listen, I think he wants to improve the team. This is the team that he wanted, though, Nick. I mean, he he pinpointed Russell Westbrook. He brought in Carmelo. I mean, this is his team. And now that it's not working out, I think he's pointing fingers at Rob Palenka. He's... Uh, you know, giving compliments to Sam Presti and Kobe Altman. And I mean, there's a lot of people who are talking about him trying to work his way back maybe to Cleveland. He wants to play with his son, who's still a junior in high school. What do you make of the LeBron situation? And it's not like he was, again, thrust. This team was not thrust upon him. I mean, he had a war room like at his home in Brentwood where he basically said, this is the team I want. And now that it's not working out, I think he's pointing fingers. 
Well, yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Arash. I think he did construct this team. I mean, everybody wants to say, oh, you know, people want to get mad and Lakers fans want to get mad and say, oh, it's unfair to blame Rob Palenka. It's unfair to blame Jimmy Butts. It's unfair to blame LeBron. Well, who the hell can we blame? Yeah. The blame <laughs> is spread across the board. I mean, my goodness gracious, are you Laker myopics out there that may be listening? Get a grip. Let's, get, <laughs> let's deal with facts over fitness. The fact is, look, we know the power that LeBron James carries on and off the court. Respect to him, what he does off the court. He's a brilliant business person, has great people around him, Maverick Carter, Rich Paul, uh, Randy Mim, and, the, and several other his business partners that we know about. Does a, a fantastic job. Did a great job educating current in, in, in NBA players about life uh, after basketball, before and after basketball happens as far as getting them more involved at the business venture and setting their retirement up properly. So props to LeBron James for that. Now, let's get to the LeBron James on the court within the 94 feet. LeBron James is responsible for this team the way that it is because he picked and screamed and whined about making sure that the team that he wanted. He wanted Russell Westbrook, and that's exactly what he got. He didn't want DeMar DeRozan. He didn't want a buddy here or other shooters to surround himself with him and AD with so they can have some type of success moving forward. You let Alex Caruso go. You let Buddy Hill slip to your fingers. You let DeMar DeRozan. You kind of gamed him a little bit and had him thinking for a second he he could be returning home. To LA, he ends up signing a better deal with Chicago because you guys chose Russell Westbrook. You 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 you, you farmed out Kyle Kuzma. You farmed out the young talent before Kyle Kuzma moved them to New Orleans just to get Anthony Davis. And yes, that did result in the championship. But in the words of Janet Jackson, what have you done for me lately? That was two years ago. So yes, and I do believe whatever team drafts Bronny James, and it could be, and it wouldn't surprise me if Cleveland somehow winds up with a lucky pick. Yeah. That's how I see LeBron James moving back to Cleveland um, and playing for Cleveland. I don't believe he'll retire as a Los Angeles Laker. I understood the reports. I read the reports. I'm not buying it for one bit. I think he's here because he's going to play out his contract. But after his contract is over, I do believe he will move on to, as he thinks, our greener pastures, and it will not be in a purple and gold uniform. Um, so LeBron James has, is, is pretty much stuck with what he's doing. And... Um, that's the, and, and unfortunately, Laker fans are feeling the brunt of it. Laker fans are going to have to suffer. I don't want to hear about this injury stuff because everybody's been injured. Hell, the Golden State Warriors have been injured. They didn't have Clay Thompson, and they still don't have Draymond Green yeah. right now uh, as he worked his way back. But yet, they're finding a way to win games. The Phoenix Suns don't have their all-star point guard in Chris Paul. So that's going to be interesting to see how they're going to continue to move forward. But they still have Devin Booker. You have DeAndre Ayton. You have Cameron Payne. You have guys that can definitely rally around and step, step their games up. Uh, so that's no excuse. I don't want to hear about injuries. Unfortunately, AD does get injured quite often. But that, unfortunately, that's part of the game. You have to collect yourselves and move forward. So there's no excuse here why the Lakers are even in a play-in tournament for type of position. Um, that is all falls on the heels of LeBron James. And also, i got to spread some, some uh, responsibility to Rob Palenka as well as Jeannie Buck. Now, Nick, I mean... This is a very unique situation where Bronny is in a position to maybe go pro. Now, I mean, you talk to people who cover high school uh, sports, high school hoops. They're saying he's a good player, but he, I mean, he, he's not essentially high school to pro player caliber. Um, now, of course, if LeBron ties his name to his son, I, I think Bronny could be the number one pick in the draft just because you're going to get LeBron. Um Touch on like the, the that that is just so much pressure on Bronny. Now there was always going to be pressure on him because he's the son of LeBron James. 
Now, essentially, a team is going to draft him way higher than he probably should be drafted, perhaps even as the number one pick in the draft, because LeBron has technically committed himself to play with his son. Like, I don't get this at all. Like, if I'm Bronny, like, like I don't want my dad to be in the locker room with me, like, while I'm, like, learning how to be, like, he's he's going to be, like, away from home for the first time. Now he's got his dad right next to him. Like, this doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I mean, Bronny's always had his dad with him every step of the way. Yeah. So it won't be any different. He, he's probably got accustomed to it. I don't know if he likes it or not. I know he has a great relationship with him and his dad. Yeah. They have a great relationship together, which is good to see. I love seeing fathers have great relationships with their sons. Um, and I think, you know, LeBron kind of wants to make, make sure he kind of teaches him the ropes. What, what better person to, to learn from than your dad, who was thrusted out there as the high school phenom that he was, thrusting into the NBA and being ultimately one of the great players of, of the game. So, I mean, he's Bronny James, when you look at I've watched some games that Bronny James has played. I think he's a good player. I think he's a good kid. Um, but I think he can use at least a couple of years in college to develop his game. Will that happen? Remains to be seen. However, when you look at what goes on with the name, the synonymous, it's synonymous with his dad's name, uh, that's going to that's gonna carry a lot more weight than it should, unfortunately, because he may not be as good as advertised. And so he's going to find out the hard way that NBA life, much how we saw LaMelo Ball when he first got into the league and how he was struggling. And, you know, at times he still continues to struggle, but he's gotten better over the course of time yeah. because he's got acclimated to that NBA lifestyle. And that's going to take time for Bronny James as well. Is there going to be an enormous amount of pressure on Bronny James for a franchise? More than likely it will be because of his name and because of the weight that his dad has carried throughout the league. Uh, but at the same time, he's going to have to figure out who he is and figure out his own person very, very quickly um, and, and step out of the shadows of his dad, known as LeBron James. Uh, Nick, you were at a, a press conference yesterday at Crypto.com Arena for Liz Cambage coming to the Los Angeles Sparks. And I'm very excited about this. I mean, th this was a moment that I thought we'd see uh, three years ago when she was on the move. She got traded to Vegas. Um, listen, when, when Liz is on her game and there's no reason to think that she can't be this upcoming season, I think she is one of, if not the best player in the league. Uh, she's one of the best personalities in the league. She's outspoken. She's fantastic. Uh, just set the scene. What was the press conference like and your thoughts on Liz Cambage coming here? Well, it looked like Liz Cambage is ready for the Matrix 5. I mean, what she was <laughs> yesterday. Uh, the fact that she was calling in the backdrop, I said, hey, man, this is, this is Liz Cambage all day, as we call it Liz Angeles, but she's got to own yeah. that name. I mean, that's a great nickname, but you've got to own that name. Um, I think it, it was a different vibe with Liz Cambage. I've covered Liz while she was with the Aces, and I covered the Aces for a few seasons now. And just watching her and watching her attitude, it was a little different. It was a different vibe that I got uh, on Wednesday at that press conference. It seemed like she was very, she was a lot more focused. Um, she was diligent, and she understands. I believe that she has something to prove in the league. We all know that the stereotypical natures that everybody talks about when, she, when they say, "Oh man, she kind of takes plays off at times," or she gets upset at every call, she pouts at every call, uh, she doesn't always give it her hundred percent all. All of those negative connotations, I'm sure she knows and she understands. And I think coming to LA is a fresh start, uh, some place she's always wanted to come to. But she gave a lot of props to the Las Vegas Aces organization, including Mark Davis, which yeah. I found very, very interesting. How she really bigged up the Aces organization, but didn't big up the Sparks organization uh, in that similar way. And I'm going to tell you, uh, it's a lot different going from the 80th floor in the penthouse suite to the fifth floor 
uh, in the same building, but it's not the square footage ain't the same. So she's going to understand when you're done with the Sparks organization, it's going to be a lot, a lot different than dealing with the Aces organization uh, for various reasons. And uh, you and I, your brother, always know all too well what those differences are. <laughs> uh, but when you look at this team, I mean, obviously, Neka Gumake, she's a super, you know, she's a star that she is. She's outstanding. Uh, you know, the pick and pop, the pick and rolls are going to be very, very interesting between those two. Uh, but the problem is this team is very guard heavy. Yeah. Um, and Derek, that's, that's, that's the, the embodiment of their coach and Derek Fisher, uh, him being a former NBA guard. Um, it, it's going to be interesting. I don't see them winning a championship at all. Okay. I'm going to be quite honest with you. I think they will make the playoffs. They may finish a few games above 500 which was uh, unlike what they experienced last season due to a lot of injuries and things of that nature. Uh, but I don't want to hear any excuses about injuries. I don't want to hear any excuses about, oh, we couldn't perform this way or that way. No, there's no excuse now. The bar has been set. You got Liz Cambage, you campaigned for her. You got her in there. She's six eight, six nine with shoes. Um, and, she, and she's been working for my for, for people I've talked to. She's been working in the gym very diligently. Uh, she's reached out to Shaquille O'Neal. Um, and so I'm, I'm hearing that she may be doing some work with Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, she prepares for this upcoming WNBA season, which is great. I've always said there's three people that she should definitely learn from and continue to work with. And that's one is Lisa Lesson, former L.A. Sparks superstar. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal is another one. And I said Tim Duncan. Um, if you can learn from Tim Duncan, um, as far as just having a nice 15, 20 foot, 20 footer on a consecutive, on consecutive night, uh, I think she'll be an unstoppable presence. She will be the MBE of the WNBA. If she if she's able to do those things, um, I think she's willing to grow her game. Now, now, what do the Sparks need to do? I mean, because my biggest issue, and I hate to say this, because like I like him personally, and I, and, I, and I liked him as a player. Like I, I don't know if Derek Fisher. Now, by the way, Fisher could be a good GM. He could be a good uh, like executive vice president of whatever. But I don't know if he's the right coach. Am I wrong there? What's holding this team back? Well, I think what's holding this team back is it starts from the top. Yeah, I think when you look at just the organizational structure of this team, um, I don't. Where's the leadership when it comes to upper management? I mean, ever since the, the departure of Penny Toler, I have not really seen a whole lot of leadership coming from that that position. Yeah. Um, secondly, you you lost your biggest superstar, one of the greatest players in the WNBA game, which is Candace Parker. You also lost Chelsea Gray, the point guy. Uh, you lost Laquana Williams. They all they all left. They voted. Yeah. because of the friction between them and Derek Fisher. Um, and then you go ahead and promote him to a general manager position. Yeah, That was dumb. I'm going to flat out say that was the stupidest move I've ever seen. Uh, and so I think what the Sparks need to do is get some type of leadership and upper management, have a vision, have a plan, and be willing to spend money and get a coach that people can, can that players can deal with, that can associate with, that can understand. You saw the Las Vegas Aces did. They they, they they ponied up a million dollars to get Becky Hammond because they knew they had big visions and big dreams for Becky, Becky Hammond, and she knows the game inside and out. Um, and I think that Las Vegas Aces team is going to be a, a different team this coming season. Uh, you saw what the Phoenix Mercury did with they with their change, changing their coaches. Um, so there's a lot of different teams out there, and I think that's going to be – a huge part of what happens with this Sparks team. I don't think Derek Fisher is the answer. I think he's a setback. I do agree with you. He could be maybe a general manager, maybe, uh, but doing two, two things at once 
is not suitable for him. God has a plan for his life, but this ain't it. Uh, Nick, one one last thing also on LeBron James, you know, because when he came here and it was really tough for him in terms of fans not embracing him as, you know, as a Laker and things like that. And I really thought he became a Laker, you know, the way that he handled the passing of Kobe, the way that he led the team to a championship. I really think he like does all of that good in him becoming at least remembered as a Laker great. Again, he he will go down as one of the top two players of all time, but being viewed in Los Angeles as a Laker great, he needs to retire as a Laker. And I know that you don't think he will, do you think he cares about that? Do you think he cares how he's viewed in Los Angeles? Because I do think the way he handled the passing of Kobe, the way he led the team to a championship, he was deprived of that great moment that, that these that these players are when he would have had a parade and a thing like that. But like I think if he forces himself and he goes back to Cleveland or he goes somewhere else, like we're not going to view him like as an all-time Laker great. I don't think he cares enough as much as he should care. Yeah. Um, I think people view him as a Laker, but as far he, but he has done really nothing for the city of LA. He hasn't really embraced totally the city of Los Angeles. And I'm talking about south of the 10 freeway or east and west of the 110, um, which is the heart of Los Angeles. Which yeah. is where, and even, uh, obviously, East Los Boyle Heights and, and areas like that. Um, I don't think he truly embraced that. He's, he stayed in the valley. He stayed, you know, north of the 101 or north of the 10. Um, and, and that's where he's pretty much, you know, in, in body. And so he, 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 he's here to play basketball. He's here to make media and entertainment moves. But he really hasn't embraced the city as, as many would have liked him to do, including myself. Um, I would have loved to see him come down to the community, uh, the black and brown communities of Los Angeles and various other communities in Los Angeles. But he hasn't done that. He's never shown up. He's never shown his face. Again, he stayed secluded where he wanted to be. And that's all fine and good. He's a hell of a player on the court. I think he's done... Uh, quite a bit for the Laker organization. Uh, like you said, bringing a championship here, being able to facilitate trades and, and making those trades work at that time. Uh, but I think people are trying to starting to get tired of his antics. Um, regardless, and then not, especially with the Lakers not looking very Laker-like um, in the last, for this year, and especially the year prior. Um, I, you know, Laker fans don't play. Laker fans yeah. are like, look, get it together or get the hell out the way. Yeah. And that's exactly the sentiment I'm getting uh, from these Laker fans and Laker Nation. So uh, if it doesn't turn around by next season, I don't think Laker fans care about LeBron retiring as a Laker. Totally agree there. Uh, Nick, thank you so much for your time. It's always a highlight of our week when you come on the show. Thanks again. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markaz. He's saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 